Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the Sue Free Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Okay, so listen, welcome to the Sue Free Show, and I'm so thankful to be with you today. And normally before I come on the show, I say a prayer, and it's not part of the show. It's uh, leading into the show. But today, I'm both uh, videotaping for the TV show, Sue Freeze TV, and it's on LA36.org. It's on, actually, it's on Channel 36, believe it or not. Anyway, so today I'm doing two things. I am uh, having to think about how I'm looking, and I'm thinking about what I'm saying. So it's a little bit more involved than totally being focused on the message and what I'm saying. So I am going to try to stay focused on that because that is the most important thing. But I like to uh, be welcoming. I like to have people um, really want to listen to what is being said. So before I go any further, I'm going to say a prayer because uh, my life, I want to be totally guided by him, by him, the Holy Spirit. I want to do what he wants me to do, not what I sometimes want to do. Sometimes they're different. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes I have this little tug of war, and I want him always to win. So if you're not used to praying and you're not used to this, um, just stand by. Um, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes and pray along with me. Keep your eyes on the road. Uh, and just um, receive what's being put down here right now. And and so, um, dear Heavenly Father, I'm lifting up Sue Freeze. I'm lif- lifting up me today, Lord, because I want to be an open vessel to be used for your glory. Lord, I want my words to be your words. I want my message, this message that's coming out of Sue Freeze's mouth, I want it to be your message. I want uh, ears to hear, Lord, and my desire in my heart is to be pleasing to you. So Lord, I lift up this show to you. I lift up the people that are listening right now, the people that are viewing on TV. Lord, I'm lifting all of these people up and I'm just asking that you touch their heart, touch their mind in a in a, a mighty way. Lord, help them feel your presence right here, right now. I want them to understand what I understand. I want them to feel your love, your grace, the way I have been able to experience you. And Lord, that comes from relationship. It comes from knowing you better. And how do we do that is by being in your word that you gave us, by handing us and giving us and writing the Bible through people. And Lord, so I lift this whole thing up to you, Lord, and I just ask that you be present with us today and for to be the almighty healer, Lord. Uh, there's people that are hurting both physically, emotionally, spiritually, Lord, and I just ask for your healing power to be upon each and every person, Lord. And... Uh, I'm just lifting all that up to you and just asking that you be here in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
So that's the start. That's the start of my day. That's the start of anything that I do because, you know, I just feel like my brain is so small and my heart, my thoughts are so much smaller than our Heavenly Father's. And so I want Him to be in control because He's so much better at it. How many times have we taken the wheel? You know, Jesus take the wheel, but how many times have we taken the wheel? I got this one. I got this one. And, you know, we just realize later that, you know, we hit a couple speed bumps or, you know, something stops us and we realize, you know what, why did I take that? Really, who's better at this than, than our Heavenly Father? Last week, I, I had to rush through my show. I had to rush through my show because I had so much to share, and I ended up having to end the show a little early. And what I was talking about, I can put my glasses on for a second. Um, what I was talking about is I was talking about a trip I had just recently with my, my lovely daughter, Tiana. And she's 33. She's a school teacher for Christian school. Um, she teaches high school, and now she's teaching college. And she actually uh, just mentioned to me that she's been the first teacher that's been able to teach even in a, a men's setting because sometimes people are a little sensitive about women teaching men. And uh, she's very wise for her years and uh, she definitely loves the Lord. And so we we were able to spend an entire week in Hawaii. Oh, somebody's got to do it, right? And it was wonderful. It was for a wedding. We were there for a purpose to, um, she was going to photograph this wedding. And both of the people getting married, um, were they're my friends. And so it was a great experience. We went to Kona Island on the big island first. And then we went over to Oahu. And I was talking about some of the things that happened, like swimming with the manta rays at night, very dark and very scary because these things are 3,000 pounds in their, their, their mouth. The span of their mouths are bigger than my height, my length. And they could, if they wanted to, they could have gobbled us up in a in a second. But they like plankton, which is like this big, you know, like tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic. And uh, they don't like big bodies. They like little microscopic plankton. And uh, so, you know, we were told this and we had to trust which is interesting, isn't it? But we were told, yes, I know they're big. I know they're scary. And I know that they could do major damage. They look like they could do major damage. But actually, they like plankton. They don't have any teeth. And they will not harm you. And based on that, we jumped in the water. We swam with them. They were within inches of our bodies uh, eating this plankton. And we totally had faith. We totally had trust. We had to, uh, you know, to be in the same place, space, as these huge, huge manta rays. So um, very interesting, isn't it, that someone says something and our belief system is we believe it and we trust it. And uh, the show that's going to be, uh, we're going to be talking about faith, hope, and love. And we're going to be talking about those and how interesting it is that our belief system can cause us to do things that maybe we wouldn't do otherwise. And just to preface this, is I am going to talk a little bit about my trip because I didn't get to finalize all the fun and, and all the experiences that God, the lessons that God showed and revealed to us. But what I'm realizing is that people's belief system can cause us and each person to not reach the potential that God purposed our lives for. Because sometimes we just think, you know, is that really God's will? Is that really what God wants for our life? I have people right now that so, so badly would love to get married and would love to have children. And they're in their minds, they're saying, well, maybe that's not God's will. 
and I struggle with that. Do you have anybody like that in your life that you 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 can sense that they have so much more ability, they have so much more that they could do, but their own mind, their own record player in their mind is telling them that maybe, or maybe their faith is one to say, you know, maybe that's not God's will. And I have a really hard time with that. And I and I yesterday I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking about where do we get hope, and what is faith. And what comes to my mind regarding faith is it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the definition of faith. And if you're not married and you want to get married, you know, you don't know who that person's going to be maybe. But does that mean that it's not going to happen just because it hasn't happened yet? Or you've had unsuccessful relationships to this point? No! It doesn't mean that. And I was thinking about this with my leg and my surgery. And I think the lesson was brought home to me in this, in this situation. And it's the only thing I could relate to in this realm. Is that the surgeon told me, Sue, I'm going to try to put your leg back together again. I shattered my leg. If you don't know the story, I don't really want to go there. But I shattered my leg to where there was a bunch of pieces swimming inside my skin. And there's x-rays to prove this. It's not something I'm making up. I have x-rays. I think they might be on my website, suefreeze.com. And the surgeon said, I'm going to do my best to put you back together again. But I want you to understand that there's risk. And I want you to understand that I don't know the outcome. But I'm going to do my best. And I said to him right then, are you the best? Because I want the best in my leg. Because you have to understand something, Mr. Surgeon. Dr. Mess now is his name. Kaiser, I said, you have to understand something. I might be in my 50s, but I'm not your normal 50. And you have to understand that I do, I'm a dancer. I compete dancing. I water ski. I snow ski. I love my legs. My legs do so many things, and I just have to have my legs. I used to be a gymnast in high school. I dance. I do all of these things. And to physical uh, activities are a big part of Sufri's. He says, oh, you're a high achiever. And I said, what was your first clue? Those were exact words out of his mouth, and those were exact words out of mine. And I said, no offense, but are you the best? And he said, yes, I'm the best. And I said, let's get started. He says, I want you to understand that any time there's surgery, there, there could be complications. I said, I understand. And then he said, we could, you could end up with a club foot, and I'm going to do my best to prevent that. I'm going to try to get you to walk again. I heard those words, walk again. And I'm like, walk? That's all? I'm going to be able to walk? That's not enough. But what, I, what I realized during that time is I could have believed that maybe that was God's will. I could have thought that, oh, yeah, maybe that's God's will. Maybe I'm not supposed to be walking. Maybe I'm not supposed to be running. Maybe I'm not supposed to be dancing. But in my belief system, I kept saying, no, I'm going to do everything I did and more. I'm going to do everything I did before, and I'm going to work very hard to do all I can to be the best I can be, to do all I can to make my muscles and my leg work. You're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. Thank you, San Diegans, for joining in. 
Thank you, Venturians, for joining in. Thank you up in Santa Maria and Orchid. And thank you all over the world with the Internet now. And thank you, LA36, for uh, putting the show on TV. It's amazing to me. And who would have thought? I certainly, if somebody would have said, Sue, did you know that in 10, 15 years you're going to be doing this, this, and this? I would have said, really? Wow. But when I look back, another little lesson. When I look back. And all the things I've done up until this point, doing uh, TV commercials because I was uh, discovered on the American Bandstand, dancing. And so I got discovered. And so I was taught how to do TV. And I've been a photographer. So I know what it's like to be on both sides of a camera. And I I now know, after auditioning for TV commercials and, and TV shows, you know, that there's somebody looking for a certain something. And if you don't have that something, you don't have to take it personal. It's just they're looking for a certain something because they have a message or they have in their mind a vision and they want to make sure that vision happens. So with all that being said, I'm saying everything that's happened to this point has been preparation for the next assignment. Another lesson for those listening and watching is that everything that's happened in our lives is a preparation for our next assignment. So even if this relationship hasn't worked out, it's just prepared you that much better and more for the next relationship. And does everybody get married? No. Not everybody does get married. But you have to question yourself and say, has God told you no, he doesn't want you to get married? Like the priests out there that have made a decision to to be celibate the rest of their lives and, and to focus on God the rest of their lives? Has that been your calling? Has God told you that? Because if he hasn't, then stop thinking those things. Stop thinking those negative worlds saying that, you know, maybe it's not his will and maybe, maybe you know, you're just unworthy or maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. And if there is, look in the mirror and, and fix what you think might be not exactly what you think God would want. That's a simple thing. But our belief system, we have to believe and have faith. And what did I say that was? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. So we don't know, so it's faith. Because if we could see it, that's not really faith. There's evidence right in your hand. That's what court needs, right? When you're in court, you need evidence to prove your case. But that's not what God's saying. That's not faith. That's evidence. That's substance. So that being said, where do we get our hope from? I asked someone this just yesterday. Where do you find hope? Where do you find hope? Where do you find hope? from the desires of your heart you find hope your hope is in our heavenly father or it's somewhere where is your hope and I say wherever there's breath as long as there is breath there is hope ask yourself this question what are the desires of your heart what is it you want in this world more than anything are you passionate about that Now ask yourself this question. Has God told you that you shouldn't have that? Has God told you that that's not for you? Because if he hasn't, go for it. Go all the way and believe. Have faith. And believe that it is supposed to happen. Don't let anything stand in your way. My leg? People would say, how are you doing? Are you 100%? What does that mean? Even? What does that mean, 100%? I said, I'm 110%. I have a metal plate and 10 pins in my leg. I'm, I'm the bionic woman in my leg. But they say, oh, are you, are you good? Are you, you know, and I said, I'm getting better every day. 
And my belief system, my faith, my hope was I was getting better every day. I'm still saying that. I'm back on water skis. I never thought in a million years I'd get back on a ski. I'm skiing. Am I tournament? Am I doing the ball solemn course? No. But am I skiing? Yes. I bought a ski on a garage sale. It's a big, wide one, very dependable, very secure. But I am skiing. I thought I had had to give that up. Now, there are times when all of the things are going to say, that's not going to happen, Sue. You're not, you're, that's not going to measure up. Okay. There is a time. There, there will come a time that maybe there's things that you have to say, you know, maybe that's not the thing I need to be doing now. Okay? That's okay, too. But don't give up. Don't cut yourself short. Those of you that are not married, if you want to be married, are you holding you back by your own belief system? That's the question. Are you having enough faith? And I know this is, might be harsh for some, but it's out of love that I'm delivering this message. If the Lord has put a desire in your heart and you're doing everything according to His will, if He has not told you that that's not the right desire, if He has not told you that that desire is not meant for you, then you have to believe, have faith, have hope, and you breathe the desires of your heart and you make that. Just keep seeing that. Just keep bringing it forward. And if it's not this one, maybe it's the next one. God's preparing the proper person for you. Maybe it's not your time yet. It's okay. Be patient. Not an easy thing for me. I know. It's not an easy thing to be patient. But sometimes we need to be patient. And you know what? It's worth the wait. Have you ever heard that? It's worth the wait. And it is worth the wait. So talking about Tiana and I and the and the things that we've been through, the manta ray thing was a huge thing. And anybody that goes to Kona, the big island of Hawaii, you need to check that out. And no, I don't have stock in that. I'm just saying it's really fun. My recommendation is don't go with a large group of people. I went with a large group of people, and I think that it was a detriment. I think it would be better pay a little more and go on a on a boat with six to twelve people max. Don't go on someone on a one that's uh, more people than that because there's just too many people and people, you know, everybody has a different thing. Oh, it's too cold. It's too hot. It's this. It's that. Or they put their feet down when they're supposed to have their feet up and, you, you know, it's just hard to manage that many people. It just is. So go with a smaller group and you will probably be happier with the uh, results. And that's and that's good to know. So I talked a little bit about uh, the Lord calling us to go. We went to this restaurant, and there was a waitress there that just lost a really dear friend, and we ended up praying with her. And I talked about that a little bit in the last uh, show. And it was just so wonderful to be able to be used in that capacity right then, right there. You know, we're having lunch. You know, we're on we're in Hawaii. We're on vacation, right? But the Lord just said, okay, you're here right now, and this little girl's hurting. What can you do to help? And we just sat and prayed and tears streamed down all of our faces. And we just, we had a really wonderful connected moment. And you know, in, in this life, I mean, what is more important than that? When you can take your hand and you can lift somebody up that's down. When you can give an encouraging word or give a person a hug. You know, there's just nothing more important than that to tell people. Another thing that happened, and I'm just re, you know, just doing a little summary, is that there was a man that actually was brought in from the harbor on a boat, and they were giving him CPR. He didn't make it. And that was right before we went on this fun, fun, fun excursion. So it was kind of put a damper on everything because it was so surreal. But the thing is, is that we never know, do we? We never know. So the message in that is, is that enjoy your life to the fullest. Make every minute count, right? But also, the people that you leave behind. When we came back from that trip, we saw his wife. We saw his kids. We saw the crew. We saw everybody that was involved in that moment. And everybody was just like in shock. 
So were we. Tiana and I were in shock, too, because it's just not something you see every day. Not for us. Maybe firemen, policemen, they see that on a regular basis. But for us, we don't see that every day. And it just kind of really, I mean, I still revisit it in my mind as much as I want to maybe shut that off. But I revisit it because in some way I want to be reminded of, you know, just how sensitive our lives are, how important it is to tell people that we love them when we have the opportunity. You never know when somebody hangs up the phone. You never know when somebody walks out the door. You never know if you'll see that person again. The last time I was on water skis, I didn't know before just recently that I used to say and that I didn't know it was the last time I was going to water ski. And the last time I snow skied probably will be, I don't know, maybe I'll give it another risk chance. I don't know. It's a, it's really a decision that I need to make on if it's worth it or not for me to do that. But so many times in our lives, as we get older especially, we don't realize that sometimes the last time we did something is the last time we are going to do it. So what's the message in that? What's the lesson in that? Is that enjoy. And I just really realize right now, karaoke scares me. Now, I've, I've sang on a worship team with multiple people, but solo? Not so much. But you know what? I am going to make a point, and oh boy, this is holding me holding me accountable now because I'm making a point that I am going to do it. I'm going to get over this fear. I can talk on the radio. I can talk on TV. I can talk on stage. But for some re- reason, the singing thing, the adrenaline does not work to my favor. That adrenaline makes my voice just not want to work. And so, knowing that, I don't know how to channel my adrenaline my nerves, uh, into a positive in that regard. Gymnastics, when you get nervous, you're, you're stronger because you can just channel that all that nervousness in your competition to uh, make you stronger. But in singing, it does something to my voice. I don't know. But I am going to do it. I am going to pick a song, and even if it's in the wrong key, I'm going to just be okay with that. I mean, I hear a lot of karaoke, and sometimes I want to close my ears and go, oh, my goodness, did that person really hear what they sound like? And that might be me. I don't know, but I'm going to give it a shot. Anyway, you're listening to the Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. Thank you, San Diegans, for joining in. Thank you, Venturians, for joining in. Thank you up in Santa Maria and Orchid. And thank you all over the world with the Internet now. And thank you, LA36, for uh, putting the show on TV. And if you're tuning in and you haven't heard of the Sue Free Show before, Thank you so much for joining. I don't believe it's a coincidence. I believe you're here for a reason, and stay tuned. It's an hour show, if you can believe that. I'm talking to you for an hour, and it's wonderful, and I enjoy it so much. And I enjoy it because I feel that everything that I've learned in my life was not for naught. Does that make sense? I mean, is that proper English? I don't know. But it's for a purpose, and the purpose is, is to hopefully encourage and inspire you. And that's my desire. Uh, the Sue Free Show is uh, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. What are you passionate about? Do you know your purpose? And are you connected? And could you be more connected? Or are your fears or your belief system keeping you from everything God has purposed for your life? You were created for a purpose. Do you know what that is? These are all really, really, really important questions that you need to ask yourself. And are you believing And are you searching for the desires of your heart? And do you know that you are worthy to receive them? Do you know that in the bottom of your heart, in the top of your heart, in the middle of your heart? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants you to be happy? I know that sounds strange. Do we deserve to be happy? I don't know. I think he sacrificed his only son to save you. Why did he do that? 
Does he want you to be sad? Does he want you to feel unworthy? I don't think so. So stay tuned. This is a brief break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ecola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. All right, it's David James. My friend, Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola, is here. And, Sue, you were just telling me that allergies and termites have something in common? Dave, if you have a problem with termites in your home but also suffer from allergies and chemical sensitivity, we offer an array of termite control services that will be able to solve your problem without putting your health at risk. Our Ecola heat process uses extreme heat instead of chemicals to kill and remove termites and any other pests that may be infesting your home. Yes, and you were telling me about the awesome electro gun treatments it sends electricity through the wood and you use it as part of your termite control services they're very effective so if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals know that we have an array of options for termite control don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home call ecola termite pest control services now 800-332-BUGS 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com ecola powerful termite and pest control as gentle as a butterfly. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for uh, Ecola for sponsoring the show. And if you'd like to be a sponsor for the show, I would love to talk to you. You know, um, doing these advertisements and doing the show and being in this world, I've learned so much. And I would love the opportunity to share that knowledge with you. And I'm willing to do that. Pay it forward. That's what I'm about. So if you'd like to connect with me, go to Sue Freeze, spell like fries, one word dot com. Go there. And there is a little, uh, little, I don't know what you call it, notepad on there where it asks you for your name and your, your email address. And if you have any, uh, needs or you have a question for me or whatnot, I read those. I'm the only one that reads those. They only go to me. So it's really private. Uh, and I'll respond back to you and, and let you know if I can help or if you need resources, I'll give you the resources if I have them. I just want to help you in any way I can. And if you want to advertise on my show, you want to sponsor this show, boy, would that be wonderful. Uh, another thing is the Learning to Breathe book was a book I wrote during the accident when I was recovering. It took six months of wheelchair time and learning how to walk all over again. Another story for another day. And uh, Learning to Breathe book is a, a journey that I took with my son. I'm still I'm still on this journey with my son. He's 35 now, and he works with me. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful to have him working with me. I just, I love it. 
And uh, so if you want to uh, get the book, just go to SueFreeze.com and ask for the book. and uh, Or you can go to PayPal and buy it there. Or you can go to Amazon. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different places you can get the book. It was recognized in the London Book Fair, which is the second largest book fair in the world. And it was recognized and featured there. So, um... It's not just about asthma. It's about a journey. It talks about when I receive the Lord and and then my parents telling me they want to get divorced and I'm telling them, no, you can't do that. I just found God and he's going to fix everything. So I talk about that a little bit, too. I talk about just just my life, you know, how I felt way back then. Uh, I'm on book three now, making myself accountable again. I'm working on book three. Book two was The Change, uh, and that's one of, I think, 12 book series, and they're called The Change Series. And I'm in book seven. I like that number seven and 17. So I'm um, book seven. And I wanted to be chapter seven, but I ended up being the last chapter. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm the last chapter in that book. And I just talk about change because change happens, doesn't it? <laughs> change is always happening. And it's how we relate to it, how we, you know, our attitude towards anything that happens can make or break a situation. And so our belief system creates the attitude, how we believe. So we have to check our belief system. And sometimes we have the wrong tape playing as far as what we're believing. And putting on a different color glasses, getting a different different perspective on things can really be helpful to your health, to your future, to your life, you know, your choices in life. The show today is on faith, hope, and love. And Corinthians 13, 13 Uh, is uh, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these. Here's what it says. Faith is the prerequisite. There's no doubt that each of these virtues, faith, hope, and love, have great value. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6 that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So without faith, we couldn't come to believe in God or walk in obedience to him. The value of hope. Hope keeps us moving forward. I cannot imagine my life without hope. Hope fuels us to face impossible challenges. Hope is the expectation that we will obtain what we desire. Do you hear that? That we will obtain what we desire. Hope is a special gift from God in the day-to-day monotony and in the middle of difficult circumstances. Hope encourages us to keep running the race until we reach the finish line. Do you hear me? Do you hear God in this? The value of hope is to keep running the race. Don't give up. Don't give up. This is just one day. This is a month. This is a year. This is one relationship. This is three relationships. Doesn't matter. There's many men. There's many women in the sea. You know, that's what they say, you know. So if this relationship isn't right, that's okay. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means it's not right. But I look at that and I say for every door that closes, a window opens and there's something better out there. So just understand that the greatest of love, the greatness of love, hope keeps us moving forward. I cannot imagine my life without hope. Oh, sorry. 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 I backtrack that. You're going to have to edit this. I'm sorry, Matt. Okay. The greatest, the greatness of love. We couldn't live our lives without faith or hope. Without faith, we cannot know the God of love. Without hope, we would not endure in our faith until we meet him face to face. But in spite of the importance of faith and hope, love is even more crucial. So think about that. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. 
that scripture right there for me personally is I always look at that and I'm thinking, okay, am I, do I have faith in this moment? Do I have hope? Where do we find our hope? Do I have hope in this moment? And both of those, in my opinion, come from our belief system. So we have to check our beliefs, right? But then the love part, this is the part that to me is more difficult and more and easier because love is the most important. So if we are falling short in the faith and the hope area, can we just challenge ourselves and permit ourselves to love, to love? Even when we don't want to forgive and we don't want to love somebody because they're very unlovable, we're called to love them. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Right? That's the second commandment. First one is to love thy God with all our heart, soul, mind, and body. Second one is to love thy neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody. You can't say, oh, that's not. I'm putting them over on this pile over here. I'm, I, I'm, I've got a special place for that person. We really can't do that. We have to love everybody. Do we love each person equally? No. There's people in our lives that really make us feel good when they're around. Me personally, I want to be that person. I want to be the person that people feel better when I'm, when I'm there. That they feel comfortable. That they feel like they can be real. That word real. I love that word real. So um, check yourself on that. Which, which are you? Are you the one that, that people are smiling when you walk in the room or when you walk out? It's a really good indicator, isn't it? Why is love the greatest? Because without love, there would be no redemption. God is love, John 4, 8. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, you, to sacrifice his life for us. Remember that, to sacrifice his life for us. This is the epitome of love. Thus, love is the virtue upon which all of our faith and hope now stand. So there is a scripture that I wanted to express right now because it's something that there's someone very special to me that needs to hear this. So I'm going to read this right now. Psalm 37, 4, 7. In fact, I have multiple people that need to hear this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. I really needed to get that out. And the main thing is... uh, the four, uh, 37, four, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you're doing that, understand what does he desire for your life? What does he desire for your life? Does he desire you to be alone? Does he desire you to have a relationship, a marriage, friendship, children? What do you believe? What do you believe for you? Does God really give us the desires of our hearts? This is um, an article written by Kathleen Hardaway, contributing uh, writer. Does God truly give you the desires of your heart? As a single, have you ever asked the question, if God gives me the desires of my heart, why am I still single? Of all the questions I've been asked, this is probably the number one question to understand this scripture fully. It's important to put it in context. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. 
He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Today, if you're struggling in your singleness, don't lose heart. These verses are key in helping you with your frustration of being single. Is your delight your joy in the Lord? This is vital for anyone to have true joy. This woman, Kathleen Hardaway, the first 20 years of my life, I put much of my joy in my boyfriends. My mood swings went from high to low, depending on how a relationship was going. I later realized my joy was in a man, not in my relationship with the Lord. Our delight must be first in the Lord. It must be priority in our lives. Second, are you trusting in him and doing good? Countless singles are doing their own thing, not trusting in him, much less doing good. Many are dating unbelievers and choosing an impure lifestyle. God says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5, 8. If you want a blessed life, then it must be a pure life. Later in these verses, David writes, commit your way to the Lord and trust in him. Continue to tell the Lord you want his way, not your way. Never, ever try to make a relationship happen. Far too many singles are doing this only to end up heartbroken. None of that fits the people that I'm talking about yet. We are also commanded to be still and wait on him. Waiting is a difficult thing to do. At times it gets long and it may seem too hard. Often singles cannot endure the waiting and they rush into a wrong marriage. Wait. Keep waiting. Don't rush. My friend, if you are truly delighting in him, trusting in him, committing your way to him, and waiting on him, yes, he will give you the desires of your heart. Scripture tells us he will. But God's timing may not be your timing. Did you hear that? He will give you the desires of your heart. Scripture tells us he will. Have you come to the end of yourself and truly asked the Lord to change your desires if they're not his desires? I have done this in my own life. Today I'm still single, but never thought I could be happy if I was not married. My desires have changed. If the Lord brings me a husband, then I feel quite sure my desires will change again. The key to the Christian life, single or married, is trusting and obeying. How very, very true the famous hymn writer was when he penned the words, Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there will not be times of loneliness. I'm not saying that you don't ever wonder why you're still single. But I am saying you will never, ever be sorry for trusting, obeying, and waiting on the Lord. Does God give you the desires of your heart? Yes, and even more. It may be different plans or desires than you ever thought you wanted. He has extraordinary plans when you simply put him first in your life. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in church and in the Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians three twenty twenty one. You're listening to the Sue Free Show, and I'm so thankful that you've joined this show today. And I was talking to some specific people in my own life, but I know that there are other listeners out there that have reached out to me about the same exact situation. You know, I don't face this one. And all I can do is parallel it with something that's been close as far as, you know, trusting and hoping and having faith and believing in something. And that's why I brought up the thing that I could relate to in this note. And so I'm hoping that has helped you. I'm hoping that's given you strength, encouragement, and hope. Understand that he wants to give you the desires of your heart and don't give up. Don't give up. Sit tight, hang tight, and just trust in him and take delight in the Lord. 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. So often I read from a book, Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence. I want to share that with you because what I say when I do this is that I don't read it ahead of time. I've had it bookmarked uh, on a certain date, uh, but I have not read it until I'm reading it along with you. There's a reason why I do that. I have total faith that what this is saying is going to go right along with my message because it always does. Because... I'm being directed and designed. I am, I am being, um, the word's directed. I'm being directed by my Heavenly Father. And this book, I believe, was written by the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I'm going to read it, and you'll see what I mean. And I have total faith that this is going to connect with what we've been talking about today. Nothing can separate you from my love. Let this divine assurance trickle through your mind and into your heart and soul. Whenever you start to feel fearful or anxious, repeat this unconditional promise. Nothing can separate me from your love, Jesus. Most of mankind's misery stems from feeling unloved. In the midst of adverse circumstances, people tend to feel that love has been withdrawn and they have been forsaken. This feeling of abandonment is often worse than the adversity itself. Be assured that I never abandon any of my children, not even temporarily. I will never leave you or forsake you. My presence watches over you continually. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Isn't that beautiful? And here's some scriptures. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38, 39. Joshua 1, 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Boy, isn't that reassuring to know that? And sometimes don't you feel so alone? And you have to really kind of rely on the scripture. You have to rely on the scripture and just know he will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your life. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Isaiah forty nine fifteen. I will never forget the love I have for my children. I, I, I can't. Uh, you know, it's very embedded in me. And, you know, with love comes sacrifice and a mother's love for her children. Um, I don't know any greater sacrifice than that. I just don't. But I'm a mother and I have children. Um, but as far as sacrifice, you know, being a boss, there's sacrifice, definitely. Long hours uh, without anybody saying way to go. Um, but, you know, your children, just the, the amount of sacrifice, and it's all worth it, and you don't expect anything in return other than hopefully, you know, just returned love. You know, hopefully there's a love that's uh, two-way and not one-way. In that, when I see children that aren't really um, respecting or loving their their parents, I, I wonder, you know, if they really appreciate what they were given. You know, parents were given, God chooses us as parents to be the parents for the children that we bear. And it's a, such an honor and such a privilege to be a parent 
and to have children. And sometimes it feels like such a burden. And sometimes I just think, is this ever going to get easier? Oh, my goodness. There are times when I'm just thinking, I just want to take a nap. I just want to take a shower. I know you're laughing right now, those mothers that have little ones. And I, I called my older sister who had a child that was a year older, and I said, does this ever get easier? And she says to me the most wise words I think I've ever heard from her. Sorry, Debbie, but I think they are. And uh, what they were is she says, Sue, it doesn't get easier. It just gets different. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And on a side note on that as parenting is discipline. Um, your discipline has to match the crime and the age, right? Uh, you know, a five-year-old, if you say, I'm going to take away the car keys, this is not really going to affect them, is it? But if you say that you can't, you can't stay up any later, you're going to take a nap now, or, or uh, you know, you can't, you can't watch your favorite TV show or play your favorite video game now. That's the big one. Um, you know, that's, that's the consequences for not doing what you're supposed to do. But the, the discipline, the consequence has to match the crime. And, you know, it's funny, but that same lesson or that same principle applies to employees, employers. Uh, if somebody continually is late and doesn't make their first appointment, you stop giving them early appointments and you tell them that they're going to come in now at 10 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock because they can't make that first appointment anyway. And then they're coming back saying, well, why are you taking my first stop away from me? Well, if you'd show up for, on time, then maybe I'd you know, respect and trust that you could make it to your customer on time. But I'm tired of taking the phone call of the customer saying, you know, where is my guy? Um, so, you know, it, it's consequences for actions, you know, and, and the consequence has to match the crime or crime's not the right word, but, you know, the issue at hand. Uh, you know, biblical principles in the workplace. I have just currently been asked to speak to pest control operators of California, uh, the women, because there's getting to be more women in the industry. And so I've been asked to talk, and I'm thinking, okay, what is it that I know or that I can talk about that would be of interest and helpful for other women in our industry? And a lot of people say, well, you know, it's a man's world. You know, you, know, you talk about what it's like to be a woman in a man's world. Well, you know, I could do that, but I, I tell people all the time, I put my pants on just like anybody else. You know, I'm no different. I put my pants on and I have feelings just like anybody else. The difference is, is that, you know, I have a lot of responsibility. I'm, I'm responsible for not only my employees, but their families. And I don't, I'm not always good to the people. I'm good for the people because sometimes, you know, when I look at the big picture, I have to look at the big picture. And sometimes the right now doesn't match up to the in the future. And so I have to think about all of that. And sometimes it's not easy for people that are living day-to-day and, and just, you know, dealing with the day-to-day to understand the bigger picture. But I'm called, as a leader, an entrepreneur, a business owner, I am called to look at the big picture. So relationships are important to me, and I believe my success is because of connection and relationship. It's not because, uh, you know, I'm so smart. It's not because I'm so smart. Because I don't really think that I am that smart. People say, you are smart. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm persistent. And I persevere. Um, I care. I care a whole lot. In fact, people say that that's my biggest negative, is that I care too much. And I'll go to my grave. I'm not going to have a grave. I'm being cremated. But um, I, I'm going to go to my death. Um, if that's the worst that people can say about me, I would be very pleased and I would smile in heaven. If that's what people said about me as being my negative, is that I care too much. With that, I'm going to ask you this. You know, I I just asked recently, I said, what is the worst thing you've ever said about me? Have you ever asked somebody that? I just think that's such an interesting question. What is the worst thing you've ever said about me? 
And to have somebody be honest and tell you what the worst thing is, or, you know, what is one thing that you think I need to work on? These are questions that sometimes people are afraid to ask. They're afraid to ask because they don't really want to know, you know. And for me, I want to know. I want to know, you know, I have a certain belief system of who I think I am and who I represent, you know, um, day to day. And I know my brain and I know my heart. And uh, do I fall short? Yes, we all do. And thank God grace is sufficient for me and for you. But do we ask that question to those that are closest to us? Do we ask our children? You know, you know, kids, if there was one thing that you would want to work on with me, if you, if you think I should work on something, what would that one thing be? Quit asking me to do my chores. That might be one of them. But, you know, that that's not really, um, you know, constructive. But what if they did have something that really would, you know, open up uh, an idea of, of, you know, I just, for instance, um, I have a mother who confided in me and she's just said, you know, my, my child said that, um, he wished that she trusted him more because his belief system was, is because she was giving consequences or asking questions or not letting him stay out past a certain time that he equated that to not being trusted. And so because that communication dialogue was opened up, it, it, they did get to talk about that on why she has made choices the way she has for him. And then he understood more. And between the two of them, they came to an agreement on how both of them could feel good about the situation. And he can feel trusted and she can feel like things are happening the way she needs them to to run that family. So I thought that was really interesting, and I think that's really good for us to understand. So I'm going to end with this. I want you to understand faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. I want you to understand that you have a purpose. God created you for a purpose, and it's really important that your belief system understands that so that you can force through whatever is holding you back. And you can make it happen. God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. And oh my gosh, I can't wait till next week to talk to you some more. Bye for now. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters. Even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every other month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.